This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and we're joined by our resident economist, Cameron Brandt. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning. Are you looking forward to your Ireland trip coming up this week? Uh, I am. Um, I'm hoping to winkle a few trout and salmon out of some uh, lochs and rivers on the West Coast. So, uh, unlike most people who go on holiday, I'm actually praying for rain so there'll be enough water in the rivers to, to make them fishable. It sounds like a great time. So despite the headlines of tapering and inflation this week, is there anything that seems to be worrying investors these days? Reasonable question to ask, given that uh, despite a large number of credible things to worry about, uh, the flows only seem to get stronger. Um, Something like $50 found its way into the equity funds. Uh, we track this past week and another $16 billion or so into the bond funds. Uh, but amidst all the plus signs, did actually see uh, one thing that does seem to be giving uh, investors a little bit of pause for thought, and that's domestic political risk. Right. We have some big elections coming up in Germany, Canada, and Russia as well. Yep, yep. Those are the three markets that are in focus. Um, you know, it's a truism uh, of investing that uh, most of the um, movement tends to come uh, on the front side of the election uh, when there's no results, so people can pencil in the worst case scenario. Uh, but in all three cases, um, the you know, funds dedicated to those markets had you know, reasonably significant uh, outflows. Uh, you know, in the case of Russia, it's not so much that uh, uh, people are worried that the election will result in radical change. It's that they're pretty convinced it'll result in no change, uh, leaving Russia locked in a, uh, uh, the hands of a government which has uh, managed uh, overseen less than 2% uh, average annual GDP growth over the past decade. Um and uh, you know whose policy tools are getting more and more calcified with each passing year. Um, Russia obviously is a market given its reliance on hydrocarbons uh, and the global angst about fossil fuels uh, that you know needs sort of some credible long-range planning. Uh, and, and certainly the assumption here is that uh, you know. Putin's United Russia uh, party will, uh, uh, unsurprisingly, get a large majority and things will continue as normal uh, in a country that desperately needs a new normal. Um, you know, Europe, um, in a way, it's hard to add anything to the reams that have been written <laughs> about what life after Angela Merkel might be like. Um you know, certainly she has a reputation as sort of a safe pair of hands. Um, but there's been sort of more energy and concern lately because uh, her anointed successor, 
uh, does not seem to be the popular choice right now. Uh, and there's a range of uh, coalition scenarios, a couple of which take uh, Germany, certainly in a political sense, much further to the left uh, than it's been in a while. Um, you know, the, a kind of coalition that would uh, say damn the torpedoes in pursuit of uh, you know ending carbon emissions uh, would uh, regard um, you know fiscal restraints as 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 uh, you know, speed bumps rather than something to be respected. So um, you know we've definitely seen steady outflows from Germany equity funds for a while. Um, you know, Canada, uh, Justin Trudeau, the premier there, called a uh, snap election, I think hoping to uh, increase his, his, uh, his, uh, the size of his party's representation, perhaps even get a majority. Uh, it's now looking like the opposite will happen. Um, you know, a touch of, uh, of, of U.S., uh, political disease seems to have touched Canada uh, lately. Um, very, much more polarized election than they're used to, though they've certainly had some pretty polarized ones, um, especially when Quebec was really pushing for independence. Uh, but again, the outcome here is instead of certainty, it's uncertainty. Um, the, uh, the the Current thinking is that there'll be <coughs> uh, a model of parties, none with enough of a mandate to really uh, form uh, a government, a strong, certainly a strong government, um, and that the lengthy process will weaken economic policy making. Um, and there was over a billion yanked out of Canada equity funds uh, this past week, one of the biggest amounts we've seen in, in certainly well over a year. A year, uh, I think. I think more than that. Certainly, is a tough time to be a politician, maintaining an economy while keeping the COVID numbers under control. Yeah, no, we've we've uh, you know certainly been uh, watching that play out a little bit at the sector level recently. Um, our quant team mapped flows into the healthcare biotech. Uh, sector fund group and, and found it actually much more correlated to the rolling average of global COVID cases than uh, any of us were expecting. Right. I was pretty struck by the numbers to healthcare and biotechnology sector funds in specific as well. We looked a little bit closer at just biotechnology funds in addition to that. What were you seeing there? Well, uh, I mean, I've, I've been seeing what you dug up, which is that um, despite um, sort of a rather glowing background for biotech uh, in that they're often associated with the, the, the really impressive success uh, of the global vaccination efforts against COVID, um, that they've been struggling to attract fresh money recently that... Uh, you know the bulk of the cash going to the, the, the this particular uh, sector fund group has gone to the uh, traditional healthcare side of it, and not uh, to the dedicated biotechnology companies. 
Uh, a couple of explanations for this. Again, it's uh, you know the answer probably lies in balance, a balance of them. Uh, one is that the vaccinations are making COVID uh, more of a, a, a chronic rather than a, a fatal uh, illness, and that. Uh, you know, the likely outcome of getting it now is uh, leans towards the treatment side rather than uh, actually dying from it. So, um, you know, it, it now becomes simply a factor in uh, increased demand for certain kinds of healthcare services. Um, biotech is also uh, can be a political football. Um, Whenever uh, politicians start to talk about capping drug prices and reining in healthcare costs, um, the uh, very expensive to develop and uh, then therefore expensively priced remedies that emerge from some biotech companies uh, are seen rightly or wrongly uh, as being in the line of fire. Um, and there's been a bit more of that kind of uncomfortable background political noise recently, especially in the U.S. So I think between them, um, <clears throat> at least for the moment, a little bit of the gloss has come off the biotech uh, side of that equation. I should mention in passing that while biotech may not be resonating, uh, technology continues to <laughs> shrug off um, you know, some, some pretty harsh political rhetoric. And in the case of China, regulatory action, uh, we saw almost 3 billion, actually over 3 billion come in this past week. And uh, uh, the, the funds dedicated to China tech uh, accounted for nearly a billion of that. Right, and that's the the fourth consecutive week of that amount. Right, right. So, so the so mutual fund investors certainly seem very willing to bet that uh, technology can adapt to whatever the regulators throw at them and come back, still churning out uh, good cash flow. So. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but anyway, I will be on the ground in Europe uh, in the not too distant future. So uh, hopefully the next time we talk, I'll ha have a, a slightly different perspective uh, than I've developed sitting at my desk here in Cambridge. Well, I wish you a great flight and the best of luck with all of that. And hopefully COVID doesn't get in your way. <laughs> so obviously we won't be talking next week, but uh, we'll, we'll be back at it in a, in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.